Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. It's Trina here and uh, Laura Hackett is with us today. She is a midwife, fertility specialist and uh, she's got an Instagram page called The Fertility Hack. I'm sure you probably follow her there. She's got over 12,000 followers, which is quite a lot. And I uh, want to talk today, uh, Laura, about the latest news when it comes to IVF. So we heard a bit about it. Maybe you'll talk us through this week. Yeah, so um, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, so uh, the funding finally came through. And for a bit of context, people we're one of the worst in Europe <laughs> up to three days ago mm. uh, in terms of fertility there was barely any funding and there was no help really for anyone anyone that wanted to have um, fertility treatment or had to have I should say fertility treatment needed to go through like a private clinic pay it themselves it's a stress anyway if you can't conceive it's obviously stressful if you get a diagnosis that you weren't expecting behind the reason that you're not conceiving and then on top of it to have to figure out finances and how you were going to make it work mm. and for many couples they'll need maybe a couple of cycles in order to conceive and it can honestly be a heartbreaking journey that's just more and more and more heartache put yeah. on top of it. I have so many friends and like that, yeah, it didn't work the first time, didn't work the second time. And then, you know, that kind of the him and hawn, whether will we try it again? Will we? Will it be third time lucky for us? But like that, the cost is going up and up and up. And you have to kind of, you know, ask yourself, like, when is the time to stop? And I'm sure mm-hmm. people just don't want to stop. So the fact that this has come in is, I mean, it should have happened years ago anyway. But there's a few restrictions, isn't there? There are. So it's not perfect. It's not ideal. And obviously, there's a lot of disappointment with that. Like, there are restrictions in terms of BMI, you know, female and male age, but the male age is higher because for men, they have a little bit longer in terms of their fertility in their lifetime, let's say. Um, There's other restrictions like previous children and if you've had cycles before and all of that. And look, it's not ideal. I don't think anybody thinks it's ideal, including the people behind securing this funding and making it move forward. I think this is such a positive first step that we finally have something. Like I started in fertility 10 years ago and they were talking about, oh, funding, but we never believed it would happen. So now we have something and now they have something to jump off. So even the way they've done this funding is clever. For the first year, they've got 10 million euro, but they only did it for a third of the year, which means next year they've 30 million. And hopefully that budget grows and expands and services will follow. Now, they do have plans already to expand this service. So, you know, it isn't ideal, but there is a plan to move forward when the um, assisted um, reproductive conception bill or whatever comes through. Mm -hmm. Donor services should open, uh, services for same-sex couples, for single women, all of that should start to become more and more available. But for now, who would be considered are those who have, where one partner only has a child from another relationship where they've no children together. So that's one criteria. The other is female age. So you have to be referred into the um, fertility hub before the 41st birthday of the woman. Okay, or the 60th birthday of the man. Um, Yeah, that's that's such a big gap, isn't it? When you think like the men can be 60 and the women can uh, barely be 41. Yeah, I know I, you, you need to get in beforehand. Yeah, exactly. Look, they're, they're, uh, like, it is restrictive for sure. But with the age thing, I think what they must have done is looked at success rates 
in terms of how likely is fertility treatment to work. And then that's where they drew the line. It is similar in terms of restrictions in the UK. So I looked into where, like, what comes up in different countries, and I'm sure that's what they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, and 41, like the end of the 40th birthday or whatever, seems to be um, the cutoff everywhere else. So I'm sure that's what they've chosen. In the UK, they do recommend, though, you get three cycles up to that age. And then mm-hmm. one cycle from, you know, 42, 43. Um, we're only getting one cycle at the moment, maximum, if you fit the eligibility criteria. So and if you were, tight. Sorry to interrupt, Laura. If you were to go to a private clinic, would that be the cutoff age? Or is no, there no. I mean, some clinics will have it. Some clinics won't, you know. Mm. Uh, it depends on sort of the success rates of the clinic, you know, the doctor's feelings. I mean, because there is this kind of grey area, I'd say, of like, you know, is it unfair to charge someone €5,000 for a cycle if it's only a 2% chance of success? Now, I would argue, well, if somebody understands what the chances of success and they want to have that for even like closure and understanding and whatever, that's fantastic. You know, like they can go forward. Why not? But others feel like, well, does anyone really understand and could that be, you know, seen as taken advantage of? So it really is dependent on loads of different factors when it's a private thing. But I think the most important for the private clinics is that we're giving informed consent. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then the couple decide, whereas obviously with this criteria, it's sort of been decided, which is. Yeah, you know, a very different model than we're used to uh, in the current fertility world. You know, the BMI is not. I mean, it's not that high. The the level that they've because I was looking it up there and I was just seeing. You know, it, it's a BMI of thirty or under, isn't it for women? And yes. I was trying to figure out like what kind of weight. Say, for example, the average five of five woman. What kind of weight? And you're not talking about somebody who's massively, massively, massively. No, over, no, like, no. You could be below thirteen stone and have a BMI of thirty. I know. I know. Yeah, the BMI is working out like with your height and everything. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Like it's another one where there's differing numbers in the studies of where does BMI start impacting on fertility. Mm -hmm. You know, from everything I've read, it is higher than the level that's been set. I haven't been privy to obviously what where these decisions came from or whatever. But um, so I, I can't really like speak to it. It's not that high and I do want to reassure everyone that you know might be considering it and might know anything about fertility just yet and know that maybe this is a path I'm going to go down that in fertility clinics we treat people with higher BMI successfully all the time Mm. and sometimes you might not even need IVF sometimes it might be other sort of treatments we may bring in like nutritionalists into the team whatever and build like a bigger plan forward for people and they can conceive spontaneously maybe with a little bit, something like IUI rather than IVF, whatever. So I know it's it's definitely probably is scaring some people as well to think, oh, my BMI is another problem in my fertility picture, but that's not necessarily true. The UK have these caps as well on BMI, uh, and so do like France and Belgium and, and, and that. So uh, I'm sure they've sort of taken the lead of other countries and, and we've ended up here. 
uh, hopefully that will expand though, you know, and as evidence base and as we have bigger discussions and push forward, now that we've got like a step forward, I'm hoping that that will grow to a more evidence based approach, do you know. So Laura, just to be clear on this, if you've gone and you've had a cycle of IVF privately before where you've paid, are you eligible for the public funded one? Yeah, so only okay. if, you, if you, it's been unsuccessful. It's like, you know the way, so you yeah. can't have had a child together in any way, you know what I mean? If you have one child, unfortunately, they've said you can't have. You're not a having a sibling, that. and that's that. Yeah, which yeah. is yeah, which yeah, is sad. you know, it's very sad. I, like I expected there to be a cutoff of how many children, but one is low. But again, that seems like something that should grow quickly. Do you know, mm. once budget grows, hopefully that will. And they do have a plan to have their own HSE IVF clinic in line with all of the Irish clinics that are available. So that will mean more cycles can be done. And they're moving on it. Like they've hired the staff. They are moving on it. Like sometimes, you know, we roll our eyes thinking, oh, is this actually going to happen? This is happening. Um, Do you know, Laura, offhand, how people go about then getting on a list for this or what? Like what yes. step? Do they so go to the GP? This is a really or, important yeah. message that I'm like pushing out there. So you can have had zero or one previous cycle. You can't have a child together and there's other exclusion criteria. I have a little thread on my Instagram page if people wanted to check and read through it. If you fit into that criteria, you get a referral from your GP. You can do that today. No problem. Mm -hmm. You get a referral from your GP. It'll go to a fertility hub. There's five currently operational around the country and the sixth is underway. Um, So those hubs, the doctors will see you. They will assess you. They'll say, you know, oh, yeah, suitable for three IUIs or an IVF cycle, ICSI cycle. A lot of people think the male factor IVF isn't included. It is. So IVF or ICSI, and they will refer you for the funding or whatever. And then you can choose which clinic you'd like to go with. They're not restricting people there. And then it goes from there. Let's say once the, the funding has been granted, um, they've asked the clinics to move quickly yeah. in terms of getting the patient seen. Well, yeah, so, you need to move quickly. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. So they have looked after people actually on that side that like if the clinics are involved with them, they're moving. It's not going to be like you finally get funding and have to wait six months to actually start a cycle. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the wait is going to probably be to get into the hub and then to get the tests and to get the results. and You know that part. Yeah. Uh, but then it'll move quickly into treatment. Okay. Well, Laura, we are going to do a mini series. We were just speaking about it before uh, we came on air because we're thinking there's so many details, so many things that aren't discussed. And I'm sure a lot of people would like uh, more information because you are the expert in this. And if anybody would like to follow Laura, she is on at the Fertility Hack on Instagram there. She's a midwife, fertility specialist and a mammy herself. Her twin babies <laughs> in the background. <laughs> so she's doing it all. Hopefully you'll come back really soon and we can kick off that mini-series, Laura. Yeah, that'd be super. Thank you so much for having me. Brilliant. Thanks a million. Thank you. It's Bye. Ireland's Class Kids Radio.